0: Yeah, I don't want to go to jail for anything.
1: I'm much too like weak and you're pretty. You are listening to the Stand Up Dad's podcast. This is Heckaborn. Yeah, it is. Let's try again. So, we good?
0: I don't know. I guess Trish will be able to tell us at the end if she thinks we're good or bad.
1: (laughs) Are we good as in can we get started?
0: uh, Yeah, I guess so.
1: All right. You are listening to Stand Up Dads. This is Rob. And Mike. And this week we are joined by a very special guest, my kid's fairy godmother, Trish. Yay. (laughs) Say something, fairy godmother Trish.
2: Well, hi. How is everybody?
1: We are great. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. This week, we are are covering the importance of aunts and uncles and raising your kids. And uh, I was an only kid, so my kid has no aunts and uncles on my side. And my wife has a brother, so he's got one uncle. And I'm not baptizing my kid because I'm a heathen bastard. So I didn't want to cheat my kid of that, though. We uh, granted my friend Trish, who I've known since high school, the title of fairy godmother.
0: Which is cool. So at least, yeah, he still gets all the, the fun stuff.
2: And it's fun for me too. It's so cool to be able to get to have that kind of role in your kid's life, you know?
1: Well, and she's super qualified because she is like aunt and godmother to enough people to populate Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, how many God kids do you have?
2: Uh, well, see, this is where it gets complicated a lot. So seven or eight plus three more that are not baptized, but have the same kind of role. Mm -hmm. And then uh, biologically, I only have five nieces and nephews, but Mm -hmm. I've got about, I don't know, 20, 25 kids that call me auntie. So I'm in a lot of kids' lives and Mm -hmm. it's been awesome. It's been super fun to spend time with all of them and get to have a special relationship with them in a way that is not necessarily ordinary. I don't have kids of my own, and so I have more time, I think, to devote than a lot of other aunts and uncles, and I have friends and family members who give me access to their children.
1: See, I have to disagree with you there. You do not have more time than anybody. You just make time. (laughs) No, and I think that's why you're such a wonderful person is that you make time for people whether you have it or not. One of the things we'll go into is the fact that aunts and uncles, you know, and I'm not just limiting it to the parents, brothers and sisters. We're talking about the good friends that we call auntie or uncle. Yeah. Like Mike is uncle Mike to my kid. When you see them, they're not tired of your kid's shit like you are. So it's like this fresh, <laughs> it's like a fresh take on it. And you know, Owen loves his fairy godmother, Trish, and she mm. is awesome because I'm going to embarrass you here. My kid was really into leprechauns. <laughs> She went and photoshopped a bunch of pictures that she got of Owen and just put little leprechauns in them, like just random places, like, fi- like where's Waldo? And my kid is totally like, Holy shit, there was leprechaun. He didn't say holy shit, but there's leprechauns <laughs> in these pictures. And well, he- and the beautiful
2: thing is he thought it was all real. Like, to totally, have that He still level does.
1: Of it's awesome.
2: And imagination. Why wouldn't you want to go with it?
1: Yeah. And you even went so far as to make a book for the guy. So which I thought was really freaking awesome. Super cool.
2: Fun. It was fun. He's a cool kid, you know? I want to stay engaged in his life. And that's one of the things I've learned. I mean, I the kids in my life, when they came into my life, that all started when we were in college. I mean, Mm -hmm. I had I was an aunt by the time I was 18 or 20 years old. And so I have nieces and Nephews who are older and who are younger, and one of the things that's that I've learned over the years is you go to what the interest of the child is, mm-hmm. right? So Owen is totally into leprechauns and fantasy and that's that whole world. Well, that's how I that's my entry into being mm-hmm. able to engage with him and hang out with him and find out what he's interested in. Other kids in my life that wouldn't have worked at all. It's yeah. you know, so it's just trying to figure out what. My niece or nephew or godchild is interested in, and then engaging with them on their terms. Because I think that's one of the things that happens over time with adults, is that Adults are interested in engaging with kids oftentimes in their own way, right? You Mm -hmm. guys as dads, you can't just be friends with your kids. You have to parent them. That's your job. Your role is to raise them and parent them and teach them right from wrong and give them all the skill sets that they need to navigate the world. But for somebody like me, I get to come in and I can be that as backup. But I also get to just play and have fun and encourage whatever their passions are.
1: Totally. I mean, it's every kid should have an adult friend. And if that adult friend is your parent, is the parent, <laughs> then that <their> kid's fucked.
0: <laughs> I, I think you need to like expand upon that. Well, <laughs> well, every child should have an adult friend. No.
1: Well, that adult <laughs> friend shouldn't own a van or uh, <laughs> like that. No, but I mean, it's really important that they have someone they can bounce shit off of that isn't their parent. You know, uh-huh. it's also nice to have like a little spy that I know if Owen was gonna, I mean, he's seven. I mean, he's not doing anything dangerous, but if he were to confide in you, I know you would honor that. But at the same time, it's like, hey, dude, you really need to check this out or something, you know?
2: Absolutely. And I've done that. Yeah, on more than one occasion with people in my life, because it's really important to me to keep that confidentiality with the child, so that they know, particularly through adolescence and and you know the teenage college years, so they know that I'm trustworthy and they can rely on me, and I'm not going to rat them out. But at the same time, if it becomes a health issue, a safety issue, something that's really serious, honestly, what I've done with them is said has really encouraged them to tell their parent or their guardian. Yeah. But there will come, there has come a point in time on more than one occasion when I've had to say, look, I'm going to keep everything as confidential as I can. But if you're not going to talk to your mom or your dad or your, you know, whoever your guardian is about this, I'm going to need to alert them that you need some support. You need mm-hmm. some help. Because they you know, one of the things that I've noticed just in my life is how much anxiety and depression and mental health issues kids are facing today in ways that, Either we didn't talk about it in the same way when we were growing up or Mm -hmm. it didn't exist in the same way for us. And so I have a number of kids in my life who really struggle with major issues. And if any of them were at a point where it was really serious, I would not keep confidentiality in order to, you know, and then stand by and and see something terrible happen. I would definitely break that.
1: So in a few years when my kid goes, Aunt Trish, I'm turning tricks at the bus station, you would... Say, yeah
2: um, i'll say hey let's let's chat about this before you go out tomorrow. Okay? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: hopefully we have a lot more conversations before that ever happens hopefully <laughs> uh, that
1: never happens uh, no, i don't think i'm fucking them up that bad yet
2: <laughs> no but in all seriousness like i've had you know somebody call me in the middle of a full flown panic attack at three in the morning mm-hmm. because they knew they could Um, And have literally talked somebody down from that. I've flown halfway across the world because a kid needed support and the parents needed help with that. Mm -hmm. So there have been some crisis moments. But more often than not, it's just being able to go to the soccer game and the dance recital and find something that they're interested in for their birthday present and have the slumber parties and, you know, that sort of thing.
1: That kills me because I go to those things because I have to. And you're going because you want to. And that, to me, is well, amazing. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, yes, I absolutely want to because I love these kids and I want to be, you know, their cheerleader. And and no. I love their parents, right? I will tell you, some of those events are a lot more fun than others. Sure. You know, some of them have been downright painful. Some of the school plays and the... <laughs> and the um, you know, I, I don't know, just it's it's funny to watch kids playing bunch ball when they're in first grade mm-hmm. and then you realize, okay, they really love soccer. And by the time they're in seventh or eighth grade, they're really playing a full on game. Mm-hmm. But watching that game and cheering them on when they're in first or second grade is just as much fun, right? It's not the specifics or the technicality of the game, but it's seeing a kid run around and play and have a good time. And and I'm not a sports fan, right? Yeah. So. Going to a soccer game or going to a Taekwondo match or, I mean, my God, I've been to rugby and basketball and volleyball and you name it. And it's not at all for me about watching the sports. It's about encouraging these kids.
1: And you don't have that dad connection where if your kid's awful on the field, they're, you know, as much as I really don't care, as long as he's out there having fun, giving it his best, there's still a little bit of dad in you going, oh, fuck, come on, kid. You could do better than that.
2: (laughs) No, I don't have that at all. Exactly. And in fact, there have been some kids in my life who've been super pressured by their parents. Yeah. And my response always is Did you have fun? Yep. Did you have fun? Right. I'm sorry, but you know, you're not at 12 years old. The vast majority of kids that mm-hmm. are playing any kind of sport at 12 years old are not going to be in the Olympics. Uh, no. So that level of pressure or that level of, expectation doesn't exist with me. I get to be that person that just says, did you have fun? Because that's what it's supposed to be about. Yes, it's about teamwork. And yes, it's about building character and, you know, all the skills. But at the end of the day, they're kids. And if they're not playing and having fun, and it's a chore, then maybe it's time to look at something else.
1: So did you have any like aunts, uncles, or, you know, pseudo aunt uncles growing up that influenced you?
2: I did. I had a lot. My dad was one of nine kids and my mom was one of three. And so there were lots of aunts and uncles around and most of them were local. But two in particular, my my dad's youngest sisters were twins Mm -hmm. and neither of them ever got married and neither of them ever had children. And so they were both around a lot more than some Mm -hmm. of my other aunts and uncles and they were younger than the vast majority of my aunts and uncles. So they were closer in age to my sisters and I.
1: Like how much younger?
2: I think there was probably, that's a good question. I'd have to think about it. I would guess that there was probably about an 18 or a 20 year oh, age span wow. between the oldest and the youngest. That's huge. It may not be as much as that, but mm-hmm. it was significant. And, you know, they were professional women who had careers and, went out on Friday and Saturday nights with their friends and, you know, they weren't going to the PTA meetings and they weren't raising children and they didn't have the suburban house. And you know, that whole experience that all of my parents and my parents' friends and all of the rest of their siblings or most of the rest of their siblings had. Mm -hmm. So for me, these two ladies were hip and cool and fun and were interested in having conversations with my sisters and I. In a way that maybe not all of our other aunts and uncles were. So they were a huge influence. And then there was a woman who was, uh, she and her husband and my parents were friends and her daughter and I were in school together, but she just loved me. And, you know, we all have those people in our lives that for no reason, I didn't do anything to deserve this. I wasn't anything extraordinary or special. She just took a shine to me. Mm -hmm. And really showed me unconditional love my whole life. And it wasn't over the top and it wasn't, you know, obsessive or crazy. It was just kind and considerate and always there through the good times and the not so good times in my life to, you know, my full fledged adulthood. And she was a huge example to me of, you don't have to be like, it's not all about biology, right? she was far more influential in my life than people that I was related to who were my biological aunts and uncles. And it was just, she was just a great person that I knew loved me. And it wasn't like I had deep, you know, serious conversations with her Mm -hmm. when I was an adolescent or even in my early twenties. But the older I got, the more in depth our conversations became to the point where, you know, over the course of my thirties and my forties, we would talk about politics and religion and, you know, all kinds of things that you would talk with, with your normal friends and your spouses and your siblings as she knew
1: how you felt then
2: completely. And I've told her, and I've written her on a handful of occasions throughout the last, probably 15 years of my life when something would happen. And I would realize, gosh, you know, she just was there as somebody that, that I don't know how else to say this, but she had no expectations. There mm-hmm. wasn't, I didn't have to ever worry what I did or what I said or where I stood because it wasn't like that. There was no even real formal relationship other than she was friends with my parents. True. But to me, she just represented unconditional love. And that was a huge example for me in terms of how I wanted to interact with some of the kids in my life. Mm. And You know, you guys know this, you hang out with certain kids that you just connect with and you relate to, and you have great interactions with, and you don't love them more or less than other kids that maybe you don't have those same level of interactions with. Robert, I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The judge said I couldn't, but (laughs) no, I don't have that. I mean, I was just thinking that, because I am Mike's daughter's godfather, even though I'm an atheist pig bastard. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and,
0: he, he still came and did it He burned a little bit yeah. While he was in there But he he suffered through it <laughs>
2: <laughs> But that tells you the level of connection And friendship you mm-hmm.
1: Sure, but mm-hmm. all I've done Is remember birthdays and Christmas So, I mean I don't know what she, Well, obviously she wasn't expecting anything She was an infant But what she yeah. was expecting from a godparent But I haven't really been delivering other than that's
2: important remembering birthdays and christmas is important and
1: yeah and i don't know if she wants anything more than that because who's this fat old hairy guy get away no she loves her nino
0: but i think it's like i think sometimes i don't know like i'm as an uncle i always love like being there like being the super uncle you know i want to be the uncle that takes them to the comic cons and takes them to the you know the movies and and plays with them you know like Yeah yeah, I've always liked being that uncle. So it's fun. It's fun. It is. And then to mm-hmm. have you know, I want them to have stories of like <laughs> Vivian. I, I think did I talk about that before? So Vivian just turned 16, right? Yeah. She's she still has a story where it's like it's almost like an urban family legend now. When she was little, I'd say, you know, I'm gonna come to your school and like sing happy birthday to you, you know, and I'd like, I'd raise the level each time. And one time I finally told her, I'm going to come in a chicken suit (laughs) and I'm going to cluck happy birthday to you. And she was in third grade and she gave me like the, like the roll of the eyes. And she's like, you know, whatever uncle, everyone knows. that's like, yeah, it's just a joke. You're not going to do that. So (laughs) I showed up with with a sign that said, happy collecting birthday. The teacher was so excited for me to come. I was dressed in a full chicken suit and Vivian. And like I'm outside, I could hear him like Vivian's got a visitor. (laughs) (laughs) And I come in in the class because it's still third grade. The kids like, yay, but not her. The whole time I did it, you see this face like, (gasps) I collect happy birthday to her, gave her her car, gave her a hug. They took pictures. And from that moment on, anytime, any, like my nephew, nieces, even my daughter, if I say something and they go, you won't do that. She'll be like,
1: don't say that. It'll I is once.
0: <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. one time made it or it's like, that's, you know, that's awesome. it's like, oh, you don't think I would do that, do you? And like, no, 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 no. We know you would do it. We just don't want you to do it. It's like quickly, like, <laughs> let me rephrase that.
1: <laughs> so, Mike, do you have any like big fond memories of like aunts, uncles or that type of person?
0: Well, my my aunt and uncle lived around the corner from us. So that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like when I grew up, I had my grandma and grandpa right down the street. And then my aunt and uncle were around the corner. So it was awesome. And um <laughs> the stories I remember of them. My uncle Carrie's just hilarious. He's got a whole different sense of humor, really like quiet, dry. But he's like, he could build anything and fix anything. Mm-hmm. So in high school, I was I was driving home with a couple of idiot friends, and they it was like raining. And they were like trying to, they're covering my eyes. So I got mad and I'm like, I'm gonna swerve the car. <laughs> oh no. So I hydroplane right outside of our old high school in Moreau and in, in um Hayward. Go over the the center divider and end up aimed the wrong way. Luckily, no cars, you could just see all the cars at the other light. So we're screaming like, oh my God, I could have died. Then it like like hobbles over to this parking lot. Oh, dude. And I call my uncle. I'm like I got a flat. Will you help me? <laughs> and this is where he was like he saved my my ass because he showed up. He looked under the car and he came out. He's like, "You what?" <laughs> <laughs> he's like, uh, "You only got a flat, huh, Mike?" I'm like, "Well, there might be more." And like the wheels all turned, like oh, <laughs> the alignment. So, but he, yeah, he he like kept it quiet. Like we got to get it fixed, and like that's what that made me laugh that it's like
1: he's just your mom know about this or is she just learning i think she knows
0: now now. like she hears a lot of stories late though she's just like oh you idiots (laughs) you know and then my aunt when we were little she would pick us up and she was just she was at such a mellow level compared so my mom is like me and the rest of our family were like loud and like crazy let's go let's go let's go everybody's like mile a minute my aunt would come in and be like "Hey." Mike, you know like really mellow so she'd pick us up to take us to school and we'd get we'd be late even though it was only like 10 minutes away because she'd just be like you'd get in her car and it would be like if you like pina coladas and she'd be like and you'd be like come on auntie she's like we'll get there like we get it was a
1: stoner no
0: (laughs) but it felt like it it was always like come on come on come on just make this like just make this oh you know and then later, when I was older, she actually got a job where she had to commute. Oh no! And then I was in the car with her one time. I was like, oh, my God, it was completely different. Like <laughs> the commute had changed her. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen there's a really old cartoon with uh, Goofy that's like they, where they make him like the everyman. And it was mm-hmm. called um, Leadfoot. So it's oh, yeah. like he's all normal and then the second he gets behind the car, he's all and he gets this giant foot and he's so that's what happened to her. Like the commute destroyed her uh, serenity like completely. <laughs> now oh, they move God. to Maui and they're back to the way they, you know, that she's back the way she was. Like, Nice.
1: <laughs> oh man, yeah, I don't have any cool stories like that because mainly because I was, my parents were so old when they had me. Like all my aunts and uncles were like one foot in the grave, but I do remember like my aunt Tilly was really cool. And this is how old I am. We had for, I still remember this. We had breakfast at the the breakfast counter at Woolworth's oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was you can't
0: you can't write no material like that like (laughs) that that just says you're super old without having to say anything else
2: and there's an entire generation that will never understand what that meant
1: yeah I'm not so old that black people weren't allowed there but (laughs) it's up there But, but
0: pretty old
1: but I remember I was bitching about how cheap my dad was I was probably nine Maybe she was explaining to me, he's like, well, you know, you have to look at it from the parent's point of view and there's a lot of expenses. And I guess she had just read some article and that's what I liked about her is she was a reader that, you know, it cost whatever, like a hundred thousand dollars in seventies dollars to raise a kid to 18 and a boy. And she said it was like another 10 grand extra for a girl. And I was like, why do girls get more? And she just kind of went, I am not talking to you about this. (laughs) (laughs) and then i just remember like i had an uncle john that introduced me to the gong show that's pretty much my aunt and uncle's contributions but i mean if you counted like all my dad's drinking buddies that would come in and out i mean i never called any of them uncle but each one of them taught me something stupid Uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) such as what's like your favorite ones. well
1: like i I think i talked about it before like you know growing up i always, i just assumed that you lost fingers as you got older cuz my dad did construction wow and like <laughs> wow. every other friend of his was missing a pinky or you know a mm. tip of a finger or whatever yeah. That and,
2: was your fate as you aged. Yeah, I that's just thought just that's what, what happened.
1: And my grandpa missed was missing part of his pinky. My dad had all of his fingers. And I remember this guy, he his injury somehow it like chopped his pinky off as well as the side of his hand. So it looked like he had a really slender hand. Wow. And I was probably six, maybe, and he held up both hands as a hey, can you count to ten? And oh yeah. And I start counting on his fingers and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Cause he only had nine fingers. He's like, I thought you could count to 10 and I'm looking at my, so just stupid shit like that. (laughs) But it was, you know, I would hear stories about, I can't remember him at the moment, but you know, just drinking stories with my dad, Uh, not me drinking with my dad, them drinking with my dad, but you know, not necessarily ones that put him in a good light, but It just made him more human instead of this whole pedestal that you put your parents on.
2: Well, and it's also a great story later in life. I mean, (laughs) I will never forget Christmas Eve. I come from, my dad's family is Irish and Mm -hmm. huge, vast crew of them are total alcoholics, some recovering, some not. And uh, one of my brothers-in-law met an uncle because he introduced himself, said his name, and my brother-in-law went to shake his hand And the man literally fell on the floor. (laughs) Welcome to the family, dude. (laughs) You know, the aunt and uncle stories aren't always so positive, but sometimes they're very memorable.
1: Totally. Well, so I was looking to prep for this. I was looking for uh, articles about the importance of that aunts and uncles and those that we deem that, you know, are to raising our kids. I found a few. I'll post links. I'm not going to go through them all, but you know, we've covered a bunch of what they talked about. You know, it's like, it's awesome because aunts and uncles don't have to get involved. They choose to get involved. So you can tell which ones want to be there and which ones don't. I mean, that's one thing as adults, you're forced to work with people and you don't know how much they want to be around you or not. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if someone is actually seeking you out, it's just, I don't know, it kind of gives you a nice primer for that. Yeah, they do actually. There are studies that show that if they have aunts and uncles in their lives, they're as positive influences. They have better lives later on.
0: Yeah, well,
2: I think a lot of you parents need help. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. either you're single parents or you're working parents, or you have more kids and you're outnumbered. And so sometimes it's about being fun and and as an aunt or an uncle, being able to engage with the kid and have a great time and play and. But other times it's about helping out your siblings or your cousins or your friends who are parents just trying to make it.
1: Yep. Yeah, and That's one of the things they bring up. We don't necessarily do it, but, you know, I think I picked up your kid once. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: And that was a lifesaver. Oh <laughs> yeah, my God. That's not yeah.
1: In 10 years, that's, I could do better that's than that. That's
0: still a big deal. I don't know. I remember my uncle, my uncle John and my auntie Paula, <laughs> they... They were ones that it was like they have, and still my aunts, my aunts still around, but they would, uh, when I would show up, my uncle would be right away like, your inside voice, please. Like <laughs> 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 another one. It was almost like my mom was the aberration or something. And that made us like, like the next generation of like volume, you know, <laughs> and he'd just be like, calm down, calm down. Like,
1: <laughs> Was your mom loud?
0: Oh my God, my mom. I know oh, she yeah. is now.
1: I'm talking about growing up.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and they would like to harass her just like we like to harass her. Because my mom is, you know, the best reaction to getting bugged. Totally. So well, there's great stories of them. Like that was stories from my aunt and uncles. I'd love to hear stories from them of how my mom was when she was little.
2: You need to start asking those questions. Yeah. Yes. Because they'd probably love to talk to you about them. Oh, yeah, totally.
1: And yeah. It, again, it makes it so your parent because it's the worst thing is assuming your parents are perfect. And yeah, you're never good enough. And when you realize they fucked up, too, it's like, OK, I mean, granted, I you know, you still want to make them happy, but you don't feel like they were perfect. So I have to be perfect, too.
2: Well, yeah. and it's hard, but one of my nieces loves Mary Poppins and she and her mother are incredibly close and she thinks her mom walks on water, and she calls her Poppins. And when somebody asks her why, she says, because she's practically perfect. And it's so sweet, and it's so adorable now. But I fear, what's it going to be like when she's 16, you know, or 17? Like, at some point, the other shoe's going to drop. And so you want to just figure out a way so that she still sees her mom in that beautiful light and her mom doesn't fall off that pedestal. But you know it's gonna happen because that's that's what they're supposed to do as teenagers is find their own way. And
1: I would hate to be on that pedestal as a parent.
2: Yeah, I think some parents like it though. Oh no. Oli knows I only knows I'm perfect.
1: Oh of course. <laughs> no, no. No. <laughs> no. She's the one that
0: like She's she the flat first out tells one, me, one to Oh them. my God. Yeah. Yeah, I'm supposed to be like exfoliating because she says my skin looks terrible. <laughs> she's like, your skin's really bad. Like, you got to do something about it. Oh, like all these like things to take care of while she's gone. Why don't you do something about that?
1: <laughs> uh, I don't think I have the the fuck. What's the uh, the self-image to put up with the shit that she throws at people? Oh my God, she loves the self-esteem. Her Thank you. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But what it comes down to is, you know, if you have people, you know, siblings or whatever that can act as aunts and uncles or good close friends, utilize them because I am, it actually makes me feel better when I see Trish and my kid interacting. Sometimes I know, God, Trish has been doing so goddamn much. She's exhausted, but she's still making him smile. And I appreciate it. And, uh, and he's like floating on air. Like you guys will do FaceTime calls once in a while. Yeah, it's fun. And you did one like last week and he was like, we have to call her. I don't want her to think we forgot about her. And I I think
2: Robert, what you have to remember is that it goes both ways. Yeah. Right. So you may be appreciative of me, but I'm also appreciative of you because you allow me access to build a relationship with your son. Right. Owen and I, get to hang out and play and deal with the whole leprechauns and Mm -hmm. read books and FaceTime together and, and interact because you allow that. There are parents who won't allow that because they're threatened or they don't, you know, they're afraid that their child is going to be in a close relationship with someone else. And that somehow means that they're not as close to them or, I mean, it's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. So if you don't allow someone into your kid's life, you're cheating yourself because you don't get that break. You're cheating the aunt, uncle, whatever you want to call it. and You're cheating the kid. So yeah. definitely do it. It's amazing. And also I forgot to mention Trish is the best gift giver for the boy because she doesn't give <laughs> him toys. She gives him books, but they're thoughtful books.
2: Nice. So <laughs> nice. it's like, it's you know, Wait.
1: appropriate to whatever he's at at that age stage.
2: Yeah, but it also works for him because he loves to read. Yes. And so that's the other, it's like everything else. It's, it's figuring out what works for the individual, right? We do that with our friends, with our family members as adults why wouldn't I do that with the kids in my life? Right. There are some kids that love books. I've got a couple kids in my life that are dyslexic. That would be the worst gift in the world. Not because they don't love to read, but because they ear read, they don't sight read. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for them, it's going to be something totally different. And let me just tell you, the gifts totally change, right? I've got a nephew that that his gift for turning 18 and graduating from high school, we're going to go skydiving together. Like so so much more fun for him than a book right now, (laughs) but not appropriate for a seven year old, you know? Uh, No.
1: And you did that when you turned um, 30.
2: No, that that's very (laughs) kind of you. No, I did that when I turned 40. Okay. But it's, but that's the thing too. Like the gifts change, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been with kids who, have gotten their first tattoo, or have gotten mm-hmm. their ears pierced, or have right whatever those sort of milestone events are. And then with other kids, it's girls that want jewelry or boys that love comics, or you know, you you figure out what it is with them. But the gifts definitely change the older the children get.
1: As they should. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. They should
2: and it's fun. It's fun to be able to you know go out on somebody's twenty first birthday and be able to share. In the excitement of their first mm-hmm. legal drink in a bar, sure. you know, and I get to do that because my friends join, you know, let me join them in yeah. their trip.
1: That would be awesome. it's a cool. date. So uh, January twenty second, uh, <laughs> two thousand, whatever the hell is Yeah, I'm state. not doing that.
0: <laughs> <it>. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: and it's so. nice
0: because they get to fill in like what stuff that you don't do well like they can kind of fill in so with owen he's lucky he has you and kim so that he can have imaginary things like leprechauns Mm because with robert it's like if it was left to him he'd be like hmm i don't know do you think they're
1: (laughs) yeah that's exactly what i say (laughs) you
0: think they're real i don't know does this sound like that would be true (laughs)
2: uh, i'm just waiting for the day that that kid asks from the leprechaun to the tooth fairy to god and i'm like oh that's not going to be a fun conversation
0: that's why he comes to you guys he knows (laughs) Uh, he somehow knows all children do i think to go which one am i going to go to i'm going to ask auntie trish and i'm going to ask mama about this stuff don't ask dad about (laughs) these (laughs)
1: Apparently there's some religious people in my kid's class. I remember he was telling me that everything came around because of the God. And it's like, okay. And I just let him talk and I didn't do anything either way because I don't want to, you know, it's kind of like if they swear, you don't want to bring too much. Wow, I'm I'm comparing the God to swearing, but I don't want to make it seem like it's something that's horrible or wonderful. Just like, okay, we'll talk about it when you're, you know, more... I don't know. I mean, if he believes in leprechauns, he's going to believe in the God. So I don't want to get into that. But I'm glad that you would be talking to him. And I know I'm totally punting here, but, you know, to me, I am so wired against it that it it would probably not be a constructive conversation. I don't know how we got down this thing. Get yourself a fairy godmother, fairy godfather. It'll be wonderful for everybody involved. This brings us to Seattle Gummies we talked about how Mike and I were willing to be guinea pigs for you people. You people, Jesus, for our wonderful (laughs) listeners.
0: For you guys. (laughs) So I was
1: finally able to catch up with Mike. I gave him some of the CBD gummies. I told Mike, (laughs) just take one pouch and see how you go. And you you take it from here, Mike.
2: Oh, I can't wait to hear this story.
0: (laughs) So he comes over at like noon and... To me, they're delicious. They're like little pineapple. They're like dried pineapple. So I ate them, and I'm like, all right, well, we'll see how it works. Well, like three hours later, I was like, I'm not feeling anything. You know, I thought it would, like, make me calmer. I'm not calmer. So I took the other pack. Then, like, I went, and I was, like, shopping and stuff, and then I was was realizing, I'm like, hey, I think it is working. Because normally, I was at a place that was, like, I went to this costume shop called Evangeline's, And there's people coming in and I I kept, usually if it was that like crazy, I would have just taken off, you know, but I kind of stayed away from people, took my time, got the stuff I wanted. But then later that night, it started to be like, oh, too much. Like I felt like, I'm like, uh (laughs) uh-oh. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought this was CBD. Like what the heck? It was like too relaxed. So two packs, don't do it. And this is the same thing that I think people shouldn't even have to be told. It's only because I make these mistakes. The same as when I ate, how many packs did I eat of the caffeine ones? At least one. Or they went, stop.
1: No, they said, please stop. <laughs>
0: yeah. I was like, these are delicious. I don't feel anything, but I don't know what's going on, but it's pretty fun. I like it a lot. I and like I it a lot. I had to share <laughs> a
1: room with you that night. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Anyway.
0: The- Girl, how many did he get them away from him?
1: <laughs> Mike called me that day. Well, that night. And he was like, Dude, that's that worked. And I was like, okay, good. So because I when you I would talk to you that earlier that day, you were looking kind of stressed because you had all this stuff to do. But uh, so I prefer the uh the caffeinated gummies. Mike likes the C B D ones and the caffeinated ones. Yeah. I think we have to talk about your addictive personality. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you know, as parents, as fairy godparents. As aunts and uncles, we all need a boost once in a while. Seattle Gummy Company. Click the link in our show notes and enter the code Dads 15 Get 15% off your order. Also, send us those parenting stories and get samples. I thought I had more than I did, and uh, I need more. So send them in. We'll send you some samples. Seattle Gummy Company. They are stand-up dads, Tested and approved. Get shit done. Now, in putting this episode together, I was trying to figure out, you know, find the funny and the aunt and uncle thing. And mm. there was a t-shirt that I always wanted to get that I just couldn't bring myself to do it because I'm not that horrible of a human being. Mm. Um, it just says, uncle with benefits. And Chris looks disgusted.
0: Yeah, that's like, I'm like, you've crossed the line. <laughs>
1: She looks really disgusted. Even
0: even I'm offended. That's rare.
1: Um, I know. (laughs) So, yeah, it is out there. I chose not to get that. But I did find, uh, you guys know Chris Rock, right?
0: Yeah, never heard of him, no. Yeah. (laughs) No, he's hilarious, yeah. He has a little
1: about bad uncles, and this one is called Uncle Johnny.
0: I don't know, man. What am I talking about? My gay uncle. See, your uncles prepare you for life. You got enough uncles that prepare you for life Cause your uncles, you got every type of uncle You got your gay uncle You got your alcoholic uncle You got your stealing uncle You got your molester uncle Everybody got that one molester uncle And you know your mama's like, where are them kids at?
2: They <laughs> with Johnny, get them kids, get them kids Hurry up! Get them kids! Don't you leave them with your Uncle Johnny! Don't you leave them with your Uncle Johnny!
0: Later on you get molested, your mama get mad at you. That's what you get. <laughs> Hanging around fucking Johnny. I told you about that shit. Now walk it
1: off.
2: <laughs>
1: That's it a foot. Um God, I love that clip. I was looking for the longest time. For some reason, I thought it was Eddie Murphy at some point, And I was looking for Eddie Murphy, molester uncle and not good. So <laughs> oh, God. in honor of this episode, instead of a bad dad, which we usually have, we're doing a bad uncle. Holy crap. There are some awful uncles out there. So be selective when you pick your uncle or fairy godfather or fairy godmother to watch your kid because there's a whole lot of bad shit out there. But this guy, I was quite impressed by this guy. The article is called, the article? The headline is called, it's not called anything. The headline just read it. Called, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. I get it. Read, read
0: the <laughs> article.
1: <laughs> okay. The headline reads, uncle accused of teaching nephew to smoke pot on YouTube.
0: Oh my God. That's. A, that's...
1: So this guy <laughs> taught his 15 year old nephew how to smoke marijuana and roll blunts. And uh, apparently he's probably going to lose, well, he's probably going to go to jail, but apparently he's not able to talk to the kid until he's an adult.
0: Well, thank God for that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: In the videos posted, Tillman allegedly is shown teaching his nephew, who is now 16, how to make a blunt, which is a hollowed out cigar filled with marijuana. I love how the articles just teach you more than they really. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which you can see Uh, the plans for on this. Yeah. Link site. to Pinterest. He also is shown smoking the drug with his nephew. At least two of the four videos. God, there was more than one. At least two of the four videos were recorded in Tillman's kitchen.
2: So bad. That yeah. said,
1: I mean, I think we've all had uncles sneak us some alcohol here and there. No. No? No? Oh, <laughs> my God. I didn't, I guess
0: I didn't have that many. I mean, I had two uncles, so...
2: I had a bunch, but I'm half Irish and half Italian. I got it on both sides of the family. Here, you try this.
0: You yes. can have some, yeah.
2: You learn really early, just, you know, duck and weed, duck and weed.
0: Yeah, I was given it to go to sleep, you know, when you're little and be like, here, be like dad. I'm like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> That's 70s parody for you. <laughs> go to bed. Here, have some beer. <laughs>
1: It was a classmate of ours, uncle, that uh, made it so I could watch my first porn. I How?
0: He, I <laughs> I, do we want? Or <coughs> oh, is it just that he gave it? Yeah, he, he gave, gave it to, to our, classmate. our classmate. So and yeah, then, a, a, an uncle gave it to the classmate, and that classmate yeah. brought it. And we like put it in and watched the yeah. show there <laughs> at school. Could you imagine? No, it wasn't that would have been school. one. I thought he put it in. He did put, he just show it one time. Oh, I didn't school, see that one. Thing. I yeah. saw
1: that at Ron Santiago's house. That's hilarious. Uh, but that was not the guy whose uncle. He did. went
0: around as if he had gotten like a new, like nowadays you'd have like, I've got the Nintendo Switch. It yeah. was like, I've got a porn. <laughs> and of
1: course. They <laughs> were like, well, porn. I want to see it. <laughs> It's so weird. A bunch of find
0: Yeah.
1: 13-year-old boys sitting <laughs> in a like, room. like, wow,
0: a oh, real porn. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: on that note, email us thesdatabads <laughs> at gmail.com. Rate us. Uh, that's how our show will grow. I just found out uh subscribe and spread the word if you think we're funny or educational well if you think we're educational you need to educate yourself better and <laughs> tell other people about it if you want someone to draw a picture of a grown man in a chicken suit terrifying third graders who would they write to
0: <coughs> they would write to me my gray pencil for hire so pencil F-O-R, hire.com or pencil for hire on instagram
1: And since I seem to like his comic better than him, uh, I will tell you about Mike Gray's comic, Clumsy Love. There's a link for it in the show notes. He did a comic strip for about, it was like a three-panel comic strip for about five years.
0: Something like that, yeah.
1: And about 600 of those are in a book, and you can order it. And they are hilarious. When they are in real time, I would look forward to them coming out. And if they didn't come out on time, I would yell at Mike. (laughs) And while you're ordering that, go over to see Doug Gray's uh, graphic novel, The Eye of Mungambo. It's hilarious. It's reasonably priced. And you got nothing better to do. It's a pandemic. And fair godmother Trish, you are a Jane of all trades. Is there anything that people would come uh, for your services?
2: That is true. Well, as you said, it's a pandemic. So some of the things that I do, like working as a hairstylist and a makeup artist and doing flowers for weddings and special events. Not doing a whole lot of that these days, but you can still find me on Instagram, hair and flowers by Trisha.
1: And Trish did my wife's hair. Actually, she did the hair of all the bridesmaids and stuff for my wedding 11 years ago. You're an officiant too, right?
2: I am. I can now marry people in the state of California. I actually officiated sadly, a funeral a couple of weeks ago, but I'm starting to work with people who aren't used to being in a traditional religious setting, so they're not going to have a priest or a rabbi or a mola perform an important event in their lives, whether it's the birth of their child or their wedding or a funeral. And so I'm working with clients who are interested in still celebrating in a way that is Meaningful and possibly spiritual, so I'm working as an officiant for all sorts of different events these days.
1: So you could do my funeral.
2: I certainly could.
1: Because you're but definitely going to outlive where you
2: are. I plan uh, to die before anybody else in my life. Uh,
1: have you seen me? <laughs> uh, so yeah. definitely reach out. Trish puts herself. You know, just like I said about Mike the other day, uh, he goes 100% into whatever he does. So does Trish. It's amazing watching her work. I don't know how she does it. And she stands behind her work and she has every reason to. It's awesome. Again, Seattle Gummy Companies, click the link in the show notes, put in the code STANDUPDADS15, get 15% off your order, send us those dad stories and you'll get some samples. And finally, find my side project, the gag on this podcast that's run by Big Nick. We interview comics from all over the country and have a great time doing it. Uh, we, I just listened to our hundredth episode. That was a few weeks ago. Damn, that was a good one. So give that one a listen. Trish, thank you so much for coming out. Thank you, Trish.
2: This was really fun. You guys, I love listening to your podcast regularly and it's kind of a trip to be on here chatting with you both.
0: Yeah. And we didn't get to get stories out of you about Robert.
2: (laughs) Oh, there are me.
1: (laughs) I'm he kept stopping, it clearly
0: yeah. on. Yeah, we'll have to do another one later so we That's can fine. get.
1: <laughs> we'll just do an episode episode. Uh, maybe that'll be a hundredth episode. Rob is an asshole. <laughs> uh, well, just invite everybody. Oh, My wife. We could do Rob.
0: This is your life. Yeah. And just bring everybody on. Hello. Yeah you'd have to
1: prepare imagine
2: Mike the people we could bring on oh my god yeah I said we it's not we it's you dude go for it that's what (laughs) I'm saying
1: Mike would have to put that on
2: (laughs) that'd be fun
1: so it will never happen anyway how dare you (laughs) thank you guys for listening we'll talk to you guys next week (laughs)
0: bye bye thing I want to say is thank you all for coming bye bye